<laughs> uh, we're jamming. Jamming with the guys from Jam in the Van. <laughs> Times like this, I have to say, I love my job. So come on in. We've got the inside story right here, right now. And I ask you, what time is it? It's time for OWC Radio, Tech Talk with Creatives, Conversations with host Serena Catania. Jack Higgins is the executive content creator of Jam the Van, so he oversees all the aspects of production. I'm going to be asking him questions about the gear and how they do it and what they edit in. And Jake Kotler started this along with Dave Bell and Lewis Peak in 2011. I think it's a great idea, you guys, and welcome aboard. Thank you. I think it's a great idea too. Let's talk about for a moment, just so we can set people straight. the The van is actually docked for the moment because of all of the isolation that we're all undergoing. Right? It's not on the road. Nope. Okay. It is sitting at our headquarters in West Los Angeles, uh-huh. in the back lot. Yeah. Well, I just don't want anybody to freak out and think that you're taking risks on the road. But let's talk about how all this started. <sighs> how it all started yeah um me and my buddy dave we were working uh in la i was working at a law firm he was working at a uh, comedy production company and we would take trips to go to the bonnaroo music festival every summer because i grew up in Asheville, north carolina so tennessee was right there we used to go to the festival in the summer moved out here kept the tradition going and my friends and i would rent an rv and we would go to the festival and stay in the RV and rent it. So we were just messing around and looking at cheap RVs on Craigslist. He was at his job. I was at mine. And to date it, we were using, I think, it might have been AOL Instant Messenger if it wasn't Gchat. Wow. Um, <laughs> That's been a while. Yeah. So we're <laughs> over that and sending these links to old RVs that you could buy for like anywhere from like 800 to $1,000. And we had the idea, you know, let's just have a festival in an RV in our own yard. Um, reached out to our buddy, Lewis Peak to uh, jump on board and help us fund the thing. And we bought, I want to say it was the $800 RV uh, out in somewhere in the valley. I forget the exact place in the valley. Bought the RV, drove it home to my parking lot in Venice. Um, on the way home, the, the gas pedal or the brake the brake went through the floor or something, and we had to jackknife it across the road. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it almost didn't happen. Uh, but we, we got back to the house, and, uh, you know, I gutted it with, like, a crowbar and some tools and stuff. And we bought a bunch of stuff in downtown L.A. to do up the walls. We went around all the poster shops and the record shops and got gig posters from all the venues and the record shops and decorated the walls and made a jam band and uh, started shooting bands in the backyard in Venice. That was 2011. How did that morph into being on the road in a mobile studio that's actually solar-powered, right? Everything in there is solar-powered? So tell us about that. You know, I know you guys do a lot of interviews and you talk to a lot of people, but I think some of the people that are listening in may not have heard of Jam in the Van. So I just want to make sure we're setting the stage for them. And also this is radio, so it's not like... You've got a great trailer on jaminthevan.com, by the way, which people can go and they can see how great this van looks. But let's let's kind of explain to them um, 
you know, how did you morph into your backyard to a mobile van? Yeah, admittedly, I have told this story way more times. Than I, I know, like. I can tell. Don't, but just you know, just know that there's a lot of people out there who haven't yet heard it, and I'm trying to reach yeah. them because this is awesome. And then it's a good story. It's a yeah, story. Um, it's a great story. Yeah. So you know, I want to say that van lasted us you know, 2011. We bought it in February. We started shooting bands in April, and then by June we'd amassed enough episodes uh that we were ready to launch and we uh, we originally launched on vimeo which again dates it because uh, like youtube was just starting out and the idea of like making money on youtube was a very new kind of thing um and so we went to bonnaroo that year just to go and kind of like hand out stickers and cards with the website and that was kind of like our official launch it was june something june 14th probably around then in 2011 uh and then we did backyard shows for like the first, I want to say, you know, till till the next year in March, March 2012 was the first time we went anywhere. We went to South by Southwest, but we started doing shows in the backyard, and it quickly kind of like people were into it. Yeah, um, not just the shows. I mean, those are fun. The first ones were cool. I mean, I you know, all my friends would come over, and we'd take over the parking lot in the back there. It was an apartment complex. My buddy Phil would make like frozen pizza and chicken nuggets, and we'd have beers. <laughs> Everybody had a good time. Uh, and I'd say we did that in the backyard. And all the while, we were working on the engine for this old van. Um, and, you know, we always knew that the idea, we wanted to get it on the road and go to um, festivals with it. You know, kind of started by going to festivals. We used to, like, go to festivals. And that was always the goal because there's also so many bands that go to these festivals. You can film a lot of bands all at once. And when we would do it in the yard, we would have like two or three bands, four bands come out for the day and film with us. So it was like a mini festival. Putting up it, it up on Vimeo at first, and then uh, we switched to YouTube at some point where we figured out, oh, YouTube will pay you to do this. Vimeo will not. Um, you know, we were buying the gear at Guitar Center and uh, DIY and everything. We didn't have solar panels at that time. We did have skylights that we cut in the roof of it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Pretty funny, but we did that for like lighting purposes for the. Uh, the camera guys and um by 2012 march we we were ready to take it on the road we'd actually started to get some interest from companies that wanted to work with us i think the first company that wanted to work with us was msl mics and their rep the guy named scott uh discovered us through a band or i think it was through a band in la and reached out to us and said you know we're interested in sponsoring this project and it was a mic company and that was like so huge to us because you know we we're buying all the stuff at guitar center and now these guys were going to give us whatever mics we wanted and they were going to pay us to go to south by southwest so that was really exciting we did that went to south by southwest um for the first time we part we were in the convention center we were actually like an official part of south by southwest it was a really it wasn't the most fun situation for us because we were like in a convention center and it was a trade show and the jam in the van experience is more of like a outside having fun right not trade show experience yeah um so went to south by must have had to stop on the road every 30 minutes to an hour to fix something with that van it was just a real piece of crap and should have never gone on a road trip and uh but we filmed a lot of bands you know i at the time, it was it seemed like a lot. Now we film, you know, we're a lot quicker, but it was probably something like 25 bands over the course of the week. 
and we were really stoked on that. We went back home, and the van actually broke down um, on the way back, broke down in a town called Fort Stockton. We had no choice but to sell the thing to a police sheriff, like the highway patrol guy that pulled us over. He was like, I'll buy it from you, Mike. <laughs> That's hilarious. And, that, and I can store some stuff in it. And we were like, okay. And he offered us 300 bucks. And we we're like, ah, come on, man. Really? Let's have 500. He goes, well, who else is going to give you more than 300 bucks? <laughs> we're literally in the middle of nowhere in Texas. Like, Fort Stockton is like, they have a Walmart, essentially. And uh, so we're like, okay, that's a good point. So we sold it to him for 300 bucks, put all the equipment and all the, took all the posters off the wall, put it in a U-Haul, drove back to LA. I think like a couple weeks later, somebody reached out to us from a talent agency. It was like, hey, Bonnaroo is interested in bringing you guys aboard their content ship. You know, they wanted us at the festival. They wanted us to be part of this channel they were launching. So that was cool. That was like the festival we used to go to and it's kind of come full circle and they want us there. The, you know, the problem was we didn't have a van anymore. <laughs> Minor <So>. detail. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, we had always, we were faced with the choice of like, well, you shut it down or you figure out how to keep doing it. So we did this whole save the van campaign where we had fundraiser parties and, you know, a donation website and a, you know, Kickstarter was a, a something but what's the other one indiegogo or something like that yeah where you know you get a t-shirt or stuff like that for donating and we raised enough money got another van made it to bonnaroo and then you know we were kind of off and running from there like you know we got the first once you figured out one company was interested in it you figured out how to talk to more companies and then you know you figured out one event was interested in it you figured out how to talk to more event companies right. and be more places and then eventually start doing our own events which is you know where we uh, find ourselves today. So, do you think you're gonna? Do you think they're gonna have Bonnaroo this year? I was planning on going. Of course, it's not till. Uh, they pushed it. They pushed it till September, which interestingly enough, it's like the week of like September 24th. I haven't been in years. It actually kind of it it got less enjoyable as it got much bigger. I guess mm -hmm. someone who'd been going to it since like 2002 or something, 2003. It you know. It changed a little bit, and we just go to so many festivals that I haven't been in a, in a while. But um, they're doing yeah. it September 24th, and we're actually going to be in Nashville the week before because we do Americana Fest. So we have our own event during Americana Fest at a bar in Nashville. So um, we'll be there right before Bonnaroo, which is interesting. So the weather in September should be pretty good. It should be beautiful there, right? I hope so. It was horrible last year. It was Why? Like 102 degrees. Oh. Like, it got up to 105, 106 sometimes, just brutally hot, humid, and it was horrible working conditions. Uh-oh. Huh. So, fingers crossed, it should be nice, but you never know anymore. Well, I might meet you there, because I'm, I'm planning on going. I'm going to camp out. It should be fun. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, Bonnaroo, the weather's always, you gotta, you got to cross your finger on the weather at Bonnaroo. That's always... yeah. So tell us about some of the wonderful groups you've had over the years. And if you had so many, it's hard to pick them out. But are there some that resonate with you that you've had recently? Well, Marcus King just did one of our corn streams with us. He's he's become a friend of the company over the years. Um, real awesome guy. It's great to see him kind of skyrocketing fame here. He was just in town right before everything started getting real bad with the coronavirus stuff. He was hanging out at the Sunset Marquee writing for a week and we noticed he was there shot him a message and said hey you want to come out and do a live stream and he came over so 
those sessions we have, you know, that was solo session. He played like a, a full set almost. Nice. Um, but he has also, I think, what is it, Jack? Two or three other sessions with the full band with us. He has three are... additional sessions. Uh, one yeah. that we shot uh, at our HQ in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And then actually a second one at our HQ as well. Wow. So, Jack, I'm curious about how you manage all of this. Can you tell us a little bit about the gear that you use and the NLE and how do you edit all this and what do you Absolutely. use? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's interesting because before we partnered with OWC, it was quite a mess as far as the way that we kept our media organized. Uh-huh. We have, you know, almost 100 terabytes worth of content that we've shot since 2011. Um, and all of that was spread out on small one terabyte hard drives. Um, and we would use post-it notes or stickers or, you know, a piece of tape to write on that hard drive and say, okay, this is from South by Southwest 2012 or 2013. Um, so uh, since partnering with OWC, that has uh, changed quite a bit. Now we have all of our media centralized on two seventy-two terabyte uh, Thunder Bay Six raids. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those are great so we machines. Have all of the Gem in the Van archive accessible um, at the touch of you know my fingertips. Uh, whereas you know I'd be working on editing projects or archive projects, I'm trying to find some footage from 2011 and edit that in with footage from 2017, and that used to take me just an hour and a half to two hours just to be able to find the clips that I needed. Right. Whereas now I can just, we have everything on one drive. I open it up um, and I'm able to access everything very quickly. Um, the speed uh, that they provide is also incredible. Uh, these are the fastest drives that we've ever worked with. Um, there's no lag in editing. Uh, we use uh, Premiere Pro and the Adobe Creative Cloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Photoshop, After Effects, uh, Media Encoder are some of the main programs mm-hmm. that we use, but mm-hmm. specifically Premiere. Um, and we do a lot of multi-camera source sequence editing, uh, where we have all of the cameras playing simultaneously on the screen, which takes a lot of RAM and it takes a lot of speed. Um, so we used to have a lot of problems with some of those smaller uh, hard drives that we used to work with. Um, yeah, keep up. That's but a lot of processing have, power. That's a lot of processing exactly. power. Uh, what what kind of cameras um, are you using to shoot? What what's your what's your format? So we just upgraded to uh, Canon 5D Mark IVs. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have uh, a bunch of GoPros that we'll use. Mm-hmm. Uh, GoPro Hero fours and threes. They're a little out of date, um, but we are talking to GoPro more recently, and we're hoping to get some of their newer cameras mm-hmm. to integrate into our studio. Um, but uh, we use uh, Canon 5D Mark IVs. Actually, we upgraded because we just got this whole new live streaming setup uh, where we're actually able to live stream a multi-camera edit using our DSLR cameras right to YouTube and Facebook and any other streaming service as it's happening in real time. Um, and we chose the Canon 5D Mark IVs because they have a clean HDMI output. Mm-hmm. Um, another really cool thing and another cool way that we integrate OWC into our live stream setup is that we use Sling Studio. Um, they have these multi, uh, these uh, camera link Wi-Fi packs that you connect to each individual DSLR camera. 
also send a wireless camera signal to the Sling Studio, which then sends all of that to an iPad and out to the internet, so you can edit from there. Um, but in addition, you're able to plug in a hard drive uh, into the Sling Studio, and it will record not just your program recording, but each individual camera angle. Um, and then another cool thing that it does is it actually will create a Premiere Pro project file that you can drag wow, in nice. uh, to Premiere, open it up, and it will have all of your camera angles as well as your edit ready to go. And an issue that we used to have is we weren't using OWC hard drives and, you know, recording that many, you know, sometimes we'll have four or five camera angles and a program record, uh, you know, being processed at the same time. And we had some other hard drives crash. Uh, but since partnering with OWC, they've made it really easy for us to integrate Sling Studio and to use that uh, aspect of, uh, you know, Sling Studio to be able to record those camera angles straight to the hard drive and have our edit ready to go on Premiere. Are you releasing it as 1080p or what? what's the format? You're shooting on um, 1080 right now, or 4K? 1080p. Uh, mm -hmm. We shoot in 1080. Mm -hmm. um, we stream in 1080. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. that's uh, the limitations of the live streaming. But right. our uh, Canon 5D Mark IVs do have 4K right. capabilities. Um, so we will shoot 4K for some um, you know, larger projects, or we recently had a uh, concert that we shot in a warehouse space with L. King, Lauren Ruth Ward, Andy Frasco, and Charlie Tuna, mm -hmm. um, and we shot that in 4K. Um, you know, anything that's going to be maybe not just streamed on a phone, but that we might want to integrate into um, maybe a longer form type of edit in the future, we're definitely going to be shooting 4K, um, and that's another reason why OWC has been really helpful is the processing um, and keeping up with those 4K files is really tough on some other hard drives, but uh, working with OWC has made it really easy and fast. Yeah, those things are workhorses. Do you use any of their portable solutions like the Envoy Pros or anything like that or the Thunder exactly. Blade? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have six uh, uh, two terabyte Envoy Pros, mm -hmm. um, Thunderbolt 3, um, that we use. Um, the 72 terabyte Thunder Bay 6 raids are very bulky and heavy right. and not very portable. No. But the Envoy Pros are exactly what we need on the road. Right. Um, because sometimes, like Jake said, we're working in really harsh conditions. You know, it could be 106 degrees and we'll be inside the van um, or, you know, we'll be on the road. It'll be bumpy. We'll drop the hard drive. But the Envoy Pros are great because they're super dur durable. Um, they're super fast and they allow us to take our production mobily across the country um, you know as we travel in the van and fly around you know to meet the van um, they're they've been a great solution um, that will help us uh, you know collect that media and then once we get back to our hq we throw up everything on the the raid system are you on a laptop in the van i'm assuming yes uh, we have a macbook pro mm -hmm. uh, i believe it's a 2018 mm-hmm yeah, so those don't have um, those don't have HDMI for the monitors. Are you using a travel dock at all? I know I use my travel dock a lot because it's got the HDMI connection and also has a Thunderbolt three connection on it. I'm just curious about whether or not you've tried that one. Yeah, we have actually mm -hmm. um, a really cool feature using the Sling Studio. Okay, um, is that you can uh, send an HDMI feed out of the back of the Sling Studio, um, and we have up to 
upwards of six TVs running at the same time that we'll have outside the van, you know, kind of an activation. If we're at a festival, we'll have the TV feed going, we'll have the speakers out so people can still enjoy the music as it's happening inside of the van. Um, but what we'll do is re we'll record that, um, the program record to the hard drive from Slink Studio, and then we put that into our computer um, so that we can then play it back for the band to enjoy. Um, and yes, the, unfortunately, the uh, MacBook Pros no longer have the HDMI hookup, um, but we, use, we do use an OWC dock that helps us to send that feed through up to upwards of you know, six TVs for the band to watch back and listen to the performance that they just performed five minutes before. Yeah, their new Pro Dock is a real workhorse. It's a pretty amazing. And it stays cool, too. You can't even hear the fan. I can't hear it. Can you hear the, have you used the, the new Pro Dock? We haven't used the new Pro Dock, um, but I've heard a lot of good things. We're definitely interested in trying it out. Yeah. Yeah, so... Inside the van, you've got these groups. You're sitting in the back. Are you are you mixing, or do you have somebody else that mixes while you're recording? Who does the mixing? Um, so I personally, um, I have done everything. Wow. That, uh, <laughs> oh my god! I've been I played the role of audio engineer um, <laughs> while simultaneously being the live technical director for our live stream. Um, I also will play the role of director of photography, uh, which is where I'm most comfortable. Um, and while I'm playing the role of director of photography, I also am simultaneously uh, working the live stream, and I'm the technical <laughs> director for the live stream. You can't um, see me. I'm so bowing I'm to you right now. I'm bowing. Yeah, I'm he, bowing. When he's doing that, we have, we have an engineer. His name is Ethan Glaze, and he's been with us for a long time. He's an awesome sound engineer. And the, the funny thing about Ethan was we actually – we, we hired him out of, you know, a candidate pool of a few guys, and what stood out the most was that uh, before he became a sound engineer, he was also an auto mechanic. So. Oh, that's okay. awesome. So he can fix the, yeah, he can fix the motor. Typically, it'll be me as director of photography. We'll have Ethan on sound, and then mm -hmm. uh, our camera guy, Wolf Ramirez, uh, helping out as well. So it's usually a team of three of us in the van, uh -huh. uh, two camera guys and one audio engineer. Um, but a lot of times we'll have interns as well who are helping out um, and, you know, learning as well. How big is that van? What's the size of it? 35 feet, Jake? Is that correct? It's 38 feet. Okay, so 38 I've... by like 13 when we put the slide out. The wall is actually slide out. It's just it's just really a cool thing. But I saw a picture on your website of a, a band recording and i'm thinking how do you manage the sound in that does it it's got to be awfully loud in there with with a, a band playing inside the van <laughs> i don't know but it's also it's, yeah well one of the questions we get a lot is you know how do you soundproof it um and what we tell them is posters and stickers <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, we haven't added any extra soundproofing mm -hmm. but for some reason um you know our audience uh praises us for having some of the best uh, quality recordings um, available for a lot of these bands and definitely some of the higher quality recordings uh, for a platform like ours mm -hmm. um, recording session. Uh, you're right. There's definitely a lot of bleed in the microphones um, and we have to work around that. But uh, Sean P. Jones, our audio engineer, 
he has a studio in Studio City where he mixes all of this audio. And actually, we recently did a live stream with him on our channel um, going over, you know, mixing ticks, tips and tricks uh, for um, a mix we did with the Marcus King Band. Um, and, you know, we partnered with OWC for that live stream, and he talked a lot about how we integrated uh, OWC into our audio workflow and how it's been super beneficial to us. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Tell me about the, the uh, solar aspects of all of this. You, you run on solar, right? Am I correct with that? Yes. Yeah, so- we do have the capability to run on solar, and we do oftentimes. Um, but if there is a plug available, we're going to take the plug because it just helps you uh, troubleshoot. But we do have the capability. We actually, the second jam band was the first band that we retrofitted with solar capabilities. And we actually, somebody gave us domestic solar panels because there's domestic panels and there's RV panels. And we actually just put a bunch of big panels that you would use for a house on top of this jam band. Oh my gosh. We ran it goes to a battery bank because uh, we had, we ripped out the uh, the propane tank and replaced it with a battery bank in that original van. And this one, we had somebody help us with the solar, but we DIY'd a lot of that stuff. The newest van, they actually at Mike Thompson RV, they did all the upgrades and and the solar installation, and now we have a um, actual RV panel. I love so, solar. I have to tell you, I have it at my house, and my electric bill averages twenty dollars a month. No. Kudos for even trying. I think it's awesome. Yeah, and also on the road, I meant to say it comes in very handy. We play a lot of video games when we're going <laughs> places, so we use the solar power to run all of that. Yeah, you got to keep your beer cold. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> so um, I know people that are listening to this who are musicians are going to want to ask you, how do you find good musicians, and can you give any of these people who are trying to make a living being a musician, can you give them some tips about how better to sell themselves, how to present themselves to either potential agents or potential booking agents? I mean, what advice can you give them? It's mm, a good question. Um, at this point, you know, musicians come to us as well as, you know, if we like somebody, uh, we go to them and we shoot them a message on Instagram or we reach out to their team. Um, Instagram's actually become a fabulous way to, between Instagram and Spotify, mm-hmm. it's like your Spotify discovery will suggest a band to you, you know, and you, if you like it, you go type their name in on Instagram 
and you can send them a message and you know be in contact with them within 30 seconds. And you know they get a message from Jam and the Band. A lot of these bands are like, wow, hey, yes, we want to do this, and it's awesome. So a variety of ways now. Like when we go, we were supposed to go to South by Southwest this month. Obviously that didn't happen, but yeah, lots of lots of you know management companies, publicists, record labels. Um, they all reach out to us and want us to make content with their artists. So we have the luxury of that now. Back in the day, 2011 and you know 2012, it was we're in LA, which we've always said is a blessing and a curse because there's a lot of musicians here, but in terms of the good ones, there's a lot of other things that they were doing at the time when we were just starting out. Like the good bands coming to town, they're going to do like Jimmy Kimmel, you know, um, stuff like that. Uh, so we really were fortunate in that we picked a lot of upstart bands at the beginning to record that became well-known bands. And well, so you had obviously had a track record, became what you would call a, a tastemaker, and also had a stock of videos from bands that were popular bands uh, mm-hmm. that we were able to then take to other popular bands and say, hey, look, Gary Clark Jr. filmed with us. You should, too. Um, cool. And so in terms of what, you know, I would say to artists, I, I think it's you know, there's no one way to go about it. Like, you know, some musicians just have an awesome song that just goes, you know, they throw it up on SoundCloud or Spotify and it just goes crazy. Um, I've seen that a lot with bands. Like we did a, a band called Mount Joy. What was it, Jack? Probably like a year, year and a half ago, right? And they've just yep. skyrocketed since we first filmed them. And this was just a local LA band, but they just, their songs were just so good. It's awesome. Every song was like a, a radio hit. So, you know, there's that, like people will recognize, and that's, you know, the rare one out of a million. And there's other bands that just work incredibly hard. We had Zach Lupiton from the Dust Bowl Revival do a live stream with us the other day. Dust Bowl Revival's a band in 2011, one of the first bands to ever record with us. We met him at a farmer's market, right? They were playing the farmer's market in Venice. Well, wow. um, I happened to actually coincidentally have to go to college with the guy, and we were in the same program in college. We didn't know each other. But today Dust Bowl Revival you know they're a 10-piece band or something that travels the world playing shows non-stop and that's how he makes his living and you know they, they that's how they support themselves and they do fairly well and they play big festivals and they play big shows and people come to their shows and he got there by just it seemed like working you know relentlessly they they when they were starting up they played non-stop they took every opportunity that came their way and they, they just didn't quit at it and and so that's you know another way to do it and I think Obviously, both those things are things that you can present to, you know, teams, what you would call your team, which would be your managers and your agents and your people who are going to, you know, publicists that are going to take a cut of helping you succeed. Um, so obviously, those kind of people are going to want to work with people that work relentlessly hard. That, I think, goes without saying for most things. Like, even if you do have great songs, you're going to need to work relentlessly hard as soon as you have that. Like, it's nobody really succeeds at anything unless they work hard. Um so I think that's a big part of it, and that makes people really want to work with you to know that you, you know, are actively wanting to work and, and, and put in the work uh, to be successful. Um, yeah, so you have to work so yeah. very, very hard for many years to be an overnight success. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, hey, Jack, so yeah, I forgot I to ask you. I forgot to ask you, Jack. Sure. Um, what kind of uh, sound equipment are you using to record in the van? Or do, do the groups bring their own? Because I know sure. people are really picky about microphones and sound setups. Do you have, um, I'm guessing you have something there, but that a lot of times they'll bring their own gear. What do you have that you supply in the van? 
Um, sure. So we have uh, all Audio Technica microphones. Mm-hmm. We have a partnership with them, and they've provided us with all sorts of different types of mics, instrument mics and condenser microphones and vocal microphones. Um, and so unless a band is very high profile or very, very, very picky about their sound, um, we ask them to use our microphones. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a partnership with Orange Amplifiers. Awesome. Um, so they provide the backline mm-hmm. um, for bands. Sometimes some bands will be persistent and have their own sound dialed in to amplifiers that they're using. Um, so we'll allow them to use that, but we'll just have them off camera. Um, and then another thing, uh, we also use a QSC TouchMix 30 Pro. That's the mixing board. It's a digital mixing board. Um, and we run all of our audio through there. Uh, it also has a Wi-Fi capability, which makes it really cool because you can have it on an iPad. So I can actually go out into the studio and be right next to the musicians. And he'll be like, oh, can you work on you know, this uh, EQ for me? Or can you mute this? Can you mute that? And so I can be right there in the room uh, with them. And so QSC TouchMix 30 Pro has been really, really helpful in that regard. Um, we also work with uh, Vessel Drum. Uh, Preston, uh, Preston Parsons, he is the owner and founder of Vessel Drums. He works with us. They're a very small company. Um, he makes all of the drums handmade. Um, mm. He says he wraps them, some of them in seaweed and throws them in the ocean. So he's very creative. <laughs> um, and actually, I, I would say probably about 99% of the time, musicians who come into the van will end up using his kit because they're so impressed by it wow. uh, you know even if they would have brought their own um so i think that covers all of our gear sponsors in the van uh did i miss yeah. anyone jake no but i was going to say all these companies are sponsors and they support jim the van and the, all the people that you know we've linked with to start these relationships are awesome and you know the compliment we get over and over again is that our sound is amazing for live sound so if you like what you hear on our channel um, we have all the sponsors listed in the videos. We frequently post about them and do giveaways on our Instagram, which is at Jam in the Van. And again, it's Audio Technica, QSC, Orange Amps, and uh, Vessel Drums, and they are fantastic companies. So if you're looking to get great sound, give them a check. Vessel Drums sounds really interesting. Don't you love that kind of creativity when somebody just tries something completely different? Um, they yeah, have Brett, no fear. He's got a... Uh, He's got a snare drum that he makes out of skateboard decks. That's really cool. Looking. Out of what? Yeah, that one's cool. Skateboard decks. Yeah, used skateboard deck. Huh. I have to check that out. And then we definitely pride ourselves on the quality of our audio. And we trust all of our, um, you know, our partners um, and their equipment. So when someone yeah. brings their own microphone, a lot of times we're very hesitant because we know that Audio-Technica is the best of the best um, and that we put out the best of the best content. So we definitely want to maintain um, the quality of our sound production across the board. You know, we all depend on sponsors and I, I mean, OWC sponsors this radio show and I couldn't do it without them. And, and they also are sponsoring one of the films that I'm working on. They've provided me with hard drives on loan, which I couldn't, I couldn't work without some of this equipment. It'd be incredibly expensive to buy everything that you need when you're an independent. So I'm I'm really grateful to them. Larry O'Connor and that whole team over there just really supports creatives like you guys and me and many others. So 
I always want to thank them at some point during the show for letting me do this, and I'm doing that now. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, they're amazing people. So did either one um, of you have any kind of a music background? Because, Jake, did you say you were working at a law firm when you first started all of this? Yeah. So I had, I went to school for a number of things. I, I went to film school, and I went to law school, and to grad school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I did, I was working just kind of like a job at a law firm. I, I never took the, the bar exam. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, actually, hopefully the lawyers that, that I used to work for don't listen to this because I <laughs> thought I did. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. What was that? They came in one day and they came in one day and they were like consoling me. I didn't know what was up in the, uh, the secretary pulled me aside. He was like, the bar results came out, man. You didn't pass. Yes, right. Oh my gosh! So, so you yeah, I, you I, were I, the inspiration for the TV series Suits, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And Jack, you studied yeah. film. And Jack, yeah. So I actually I have an interesting, interesting story. Being a music fan. I'm sorry. What'd you say, Jake? I was uh, rounding back the question. I I uh, did none of those things that I studied or did was having a music background. I was just a music fan. I actually have an interesting story about my involvement with Jam and the Band. Um, in college, I actually designed my own uh, thesis and focused my major on uh, creating and producing a two-day music and arts festival uh, at my college, mm-hmm. uh, free and open to the public. Uh, I was the head of the committee there. We fundraised over $40,000. Um, and then I created it as my thesis by creating live music videos for all of the bands that performed at the festival, as well as creating live music videos for the student bands um, that competed in a Battle of Bands contest to be able to perform at the festival, um, as well as kind of like a documentary about throwing a festival like that. And it's interesting because I reached out to Jam in the Van initially because I wanted them to come and bring the van to Kahootek Music and Arts Festival. I went to Pitzer College in Claremont, California. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to them in 2014. I said, hey, Jam in the Van, do you guys want to come to my college uh, and record sessions at the music festival? Did I you did. really? I did, yeah. <laughs> what did um, we say? But um, they, you were definitely interested because you enjoyed the lineup. I talked to Dave Bell. He was another one of the fine, uh, the founders. Uh, but unfortunately, it was during a Jazz Fest, um, and Jam in the Van was already booked to head down to Jazz Fest that year. But I followed up with Dave, and I asked him if I could have an internship uh, with Jam in the Van, and he told me to come by the next weekend. I took the bus. Well, sorry. I took a train and three buses uh, to get to the bootleg theater in Los Angeles where Jam in the Van was filming um, some really awesome bands. I met the crew, I met the team, um, and then I just put my heart into it from there on out. I uh, graduated um, from Pitzer, and I went right into working for Jam in the Van full-time. Um, I'm also a uh, commercially certified uh, drone pilot, and it's very interesting because uh, Jake actually bought a drone for the company uh, in 2014 when I was still an intern, and he gives me a call, and he says, Jack, we just bought a drone. You're the intern. It's your job to learn how to fly it. Uh, and then within 10 minutes of getting that call I walk into my media studies production department at Pitzer College and they were setting up a drone for the students to learn how to fly oh my gosh Uh, so I spent 
it, it just worked out perfectly. And I think that's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, but I think that was kind of one of the first things that I was able to impress uh, Jake and Dave and the Jam well, and the Band team with is what, I showed drone? up and I knew well, exactly how I to remember, fly the drone. Yeah, I remember because I tried to fly it and I crashed it in the middle of Sunset Boulevard <laughs> and we were recording at the House of Blues. And from then on out, I wasn't really allowed to fly it. <laughs> I hit myself with a drone. Tried to... <laughs> Oh, forget it. We're not even going to talk about that. That's just really embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. Well, you guys, you're doing such great work. I wish you all the best. What's next for you? You're going to wait for this uh, isolation to be over for all of us. Yeah. Well, so we've got a lot going on during the isolation. We're in, you know, let's look at a silver lining here. We're in the uh, fortunate position that we're doing all right because people are watching our content right. more than ever before because, you know, what are people doing? They're sitting at right. their computers and their TVs and their iPhones right now. So we're seeing people watching Jam the Van and following Jam the Van at numbers we've never done before, which is really exciting. And so to take advantage of that and also to provide people and artists with stuff to watch and stuff to do and stuff to help support them, we're doing a bunch of stuff right now. So we've got the next two weeks every night at, 7.30, right, Jack? 7.30 Eastern Time. Uh, it varies, but for the most part, across the board, it's going to be 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, mm-hmm. 4 p.m. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard, Standard Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Um, we're doing Jam in Your Van, where we go live with bands from their touring vehicles. Um, so we've done two of those so far, and those are going to support the Sweet Relief Music Fund. And it's a fun setup to help artists during this time where they don't have work, where they're not able to tour. Um, every night there's giveaways going on. OWC is actually giving away hard drive uh, to the donors, the high donor from every um, stream uh, this week. So we've got those going on. We'll also be hosting band happy hours on our Instagram live. Uh, the band's going to take over our Instagram, play some songs, take questions from fans. Um, all of these are about hour-long sets. So, you know, every night you can tune in on a couple different things and watch an hour of music and talk with some of your favorite bands. Uh, and then we have another series called Band Appetite that we do, which originally started as band cooking with a chef at our outdoor kitchen at our headquarters. We can't do that right now, so we're having bands do it from home. So That's we'll awesome. those videos soon, too, because I know everybody's at home cooking all the time right now. Uh, so those are fun. So we're doing a lot now. We're hoping we get through with this soon and can get back on the road because we did have a really exciting schedule of events that we were going to do. We were supposed to be at South by Southwest uh, with OWC and all our partners, but that's not happening. So we're going to pivot. We are going to hopefully go to the Underground Music Showcase in Denver. But again, that's a July event, so I don't, you know, I don't know if everything's going to be happening by then. But if not then, we will be in Nashville in September for Americana Fest, and then we'll be at Jazz Fest uh, whenever the rescheduled Jazz Fest dates come about. I think that's sometime in October. And uh, we are also looking at doing GoPro Mountain Games in Vail. Uh, They recently had to postpone. We're hoping they postpone to a date around August or something like that. Mm -hmm. Everything's up in the air, but I will say as soon as LA lifts kind of the stay-at-home bands, we will get going with live streams from the van very soon well, thereafter. You guys are doing amazing work. You're doing amazing work. I'm telling everybody listening, go to Facebook, 
Jam in the Van on Facebook, at Jam in the Van on Instagram. YouTube. If you type in Jam in the Van on YouTube, and if you type in Jam in the Van on Spotify, tons of stuff okay. to listen to. Um, and if you follow that Instagram, we do giveaways all the time. We post everything new that's coming out. So it's a real good resource to keep up with us. Awesome. Jake Kotler and Jack Higgins of Jam in the Van, thanks for spending time with us today. This is Serena Catania with OWC Radio. I'm signing off. Remember what I tell you guys every time. Get up off your chairs and go do something wonderful today, even if it's in your own home. Have a great day, and thanks for listening. And we're going to leave you with a little song today from Marcus King called Side Door. Shut up!